0: Berkshire Football Stories Podcast is sponsored by the Curious Academy, a skills hub running a sales academy, digital skills bootcamp, and data analytics training in Reading. The Curious Academy is all about you and creating positive outcomes, whether that is finding a career, starting a business or just walking away feeling much more confident about life. Their programmes are designed for people who have lost their way a bit and are looking to change their futures, maybe rebuild their confidence or be pushed slightly out of their comfort zone in a safe and friendly environment. Group sizes are small to ensure everyone has an opportunity to get involved. The Curious Academy delivers inspirational and fun programs designed to help people wanting to improve their skills, whatever their background. You can find out more at www.thecuriousacademy.co.uk Football in Berkshire's podcast is sponsored by TicketPass. TicketPass provides an ethical alternative to a ticketing industry that often profits from greed. Our platform is an all-in-one solution for creating events, buying and selling tickets, live streaming and keeping events in a safe space. To find out more, to buy tickets, to sign up to the service, head to ticketpass.org.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Berkshire Football Stories chat podcast with me, Rob Davis, Tom Canning. Hello. And Abby Ticehurst. Hello, hello. Three of us back together. I don't feel like we've done a pod, just the three of us for a little while. So it's nice to see your faces
0: on the other side of the, um, the video screen. <laughs> uh, Same to you, mate. It's, uh, it's been a while, hasn't it? Although I did see you in person on Friday night, actually. Yeah, yeah, impromptu meetup. Yeah.
1: Ooh.
0: Yeah, that was quite good.
1: We just happened to uh, turn up at a pub that I'm normally in, so you know. <laughs> Coincidence planned, you be the judge. <laughs> good stuff. Well, we've not been uh, we've not done a podcast for a couple of weeks, so we're gonna be getting through all the all the stories and all the happenings over the last couple of weeks, the good and the bad. Uh but first go, oh god, Tom, you've got your um, finger up already. There was a podcast last week. Oh, there was a podcast last week. Yes. I wasn't on it. So I've no used exactly. to recognise it. Irrelevant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, you did an impromptu dial in, didn't you, Tom? I did, uh, yes w- When I say there wasn't a podcast, I mean there's not formal podcast it's a, of the chats variety <laughs> <laughs> So yes, so we've got a bit to catch up on So uh, uh, rather than our normal preamble, I think we've covered that And can tick that off the running order We could uh, delve straight into the uh, action and the stories And we're going to start this week with Sandhurst a team that a few weeks ago we were wondering if they were even going to get to complete their league season have now become champions of the combined counties division one and as such being promoted to step five next season. Um, they eventually finished having to play, I think it was 10 games in 14 days to uh, uh, finish their league season, which is pretty incredible really. Um, and they still managed to maintain pretty high standard and, uh, Put away some pretty good opposition to uh, achieve the league title. Um, Tom, um,
0: that is pretty insane, uh, the <laughs> run they've had, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I'll be first to say that uh, I don't think I thought they would do it. Mm. Um, I thought that was too many matches. I think at one point they played... I did look. They, I, I, I think I wrote something on it. Uh, they played four games in four days at one point. Yeah. Um, I believe the term is bonkers. I believe mm. it's a slightly stronger term than that, but I'm not going to go down that route. Um, it just, yeah, mad congratulations to them. Thoroughly deserved it. Uh, I think we all, I, I don't think any of us thought they would achieve it. I think we all thought that was probably too much, but since they have achieved it, it's thoroughly well-deserved. Um, you know, they'll be back at step five. Yeah, incredible stuff. Yeah, 13 games in April
1: they had, which is uh, pretty mad. Um they, uh, yeah, like I say, I was, I was unsure. I think Sandhurst, from what I've seen them this season, earlier in the season, I have to say, uh, they have looked a very strong side, and I thought they were probably the best side in the division, but that fixed the schedule. You just didn't know whether it was going to get the better of them or not. And, uh, with Barks County going so well in, um, in, uh, as a, a close rival to Sandhurst, you just don't know, uh, you didn't I personally thought that they might just fall away but they've won the title by four points in the end so clear victory yeah, pretty impressive stuff eh abby
2: yeah definitely um games to spare as well was even mm. more crazy i think so <laughs> yeah. they done that um so yeah f- fair play to them um i think we talked about how competitive it was all season so uh, yeah that's impressive in itself considering there was a real sort of switching going on between a few of the teams. Um, so, yeah, just great to see that a Berkshire team's up there and actually that we've got a few Berkshire teams up there as well in in the playoffs as well, which we're obviously going to talk about in a bit. But yeah, yeah, fantastic effort
1: from so, um Yeah.
2: Yeah, no mean feat at all.
1: No, absolutely. Incredible stuff. And uh, it looks like, uh, over at uh, Bottom Meadow, they might be. Uh, they're hoping to install a uh, artificial pitch this close season. Uh, last I heard, that was happening as soon as the season finished. Now, with both teams, Bracknell and Santa, having completed their seasons, hopefully that will be being installed fairly shortly. And fixture congestion like this might be uh, less likely in the coming seasons.
0: Yes, it's um, and and what I thought as well was they had a couple of different challenges through the season. Because at one point we thought it was going to be Sandhurst or Langley, and mm-hmm. then it was Sandhurst or Bucks County, and then it was I think it was Sand Sandhurst or Deportivo glicia and yeah, so they they had a couple of different challenges throughout the season, and and they they um you know they they they've risen to it sorry if I, I i was a bit slow to react there i i can't decide whether everybody would like to see only half my face or half my face brightly yeah. uh, so i'm going to go with having half my face brightly um the, oh. the, the the visuals in this room are not not the greatest i might be better if i turn myself around oh there we go that's better let's do that instead <laughs> that is that little transition there tom <laughs> for uh, for audio listeners uh this is dreadful let's move on great
2: great yes to to your point Rob yes I think an artificial pitch will make a real difference for them absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> yeah I Hopefully. think it's just general in the area it might make a difference that's the, it's a, it's a bit of a debate though really isn't it like mm. I mean I guess I'm slightly biased in the fact that I'm ascot from here but there's there's nothing like a grass pitch but actually the way that football is going especially how competitive it is and The quality that that is being produced lower and lower down the pyramids is actually that an artificial pitch is becoming more of a necessity in order for games to be played. So, yeah, I think Mm. it will make a difference, definitely.
1: Yeah, I think it's the ground grading as well, isn't it? The uh, step six clubs having to adhere to strict ground grading. And so ground shares are becoming more of a a necessity. I think we said that we're six clubs in the... um, Combined counties do one that uh, are not ground sharing either in, you know, as the tenants or the landlords of um, of a, a stadium. So, uh, so with so many games being played on the pitches, I think it, yeah, like you say, the artificial pitches might be coming more of a necessity. Um, despite the fact I, I do like a, a good, well-maintained grass pitch, but you can see why clubs go for it. So, uh, you know,
0: whatever makes sense for the clubs, certainly. I think we all do don't we I think we would all yeah. prefer grass pitches but um and, there, and and I think we've discussed this sort of thing a, f- a few times but there, you know there's a bunch of reasons why yeah. um why clubs are, are making the change the main one being uh, you know 24/7 revenue pot mm-hmm. opportunities um but but just equally you know division sizes increasing means there's more games division more divisions means more teams able to come up but that means more teams need access to better facilities it just you know it goes on the list goes on and on. There's, there's I'm not always sure this is a good like all of this expansion and all of this pyramid change um, to to be certain things and and because the FA wants this strict strict sort of adherence. So we're, you know we've seen in the in the, the, the sort of slightly shambolic end the season. And when I say shambolic, I, I you know the weather has not helped. From I think from an admin perspective, it's just it's just been an absolute nightmare and the FA have been able to quietly hide behind the leagues while everybody blames the leagues for for shambles. Um they were the ones that have increased all the divisions. They are the ones that have said said that this is when they the league should end. Well anybody with an ounce of non-league football sense knows that, you know, it's slightly beholden to the weather and a bunch of other things. And I I just I am sure that every league will look back and go um I'm sure there there are things they can improve, but but 95 of this shambles sits with the football association. Sorry, no one asked me that question. Just <laughs> no <one came> out. <laughs> Tom relieving the gas valve in the in the
1: debate there. Very good. Well, uh, yeah, as we say. Sandhurst winning the division by four points in the end. Uh, That leaving Barks County in second place, in second position and uh, Langley getting into the playoffs in the final game of the season. A very um, good return for them considering how sort of, you know, they were... They were a decent side last year, but uh, certainly not playoff contenders. So there's a real, been a real upturn in fortune. Well, actually, for both those clubs, to be honest, Barks County was sort of mid-table last year. They both had fantastic seasons, but will now face off against each other in the playoffs for a uh, place in the, to meet either London Samurai Rovers or Rainers Lane on Monday. Um, who do you fancy out of those two? Oh, I'll go to you first, Abby. I know you're slightly biased.
2: Uh I'm I'm gonna stick with Barts County because I did say I wanted them to win the win the league in general. So mm. yeah, I'm gonna stick with Barts County. I think they'll have that little kind of I think potentially Langley might have been thinking that they were out of the playoffs and then naturally they've somehow managed to sneak their way back in there in the last yeah. game, as you say. Whereas I think Barts County uh, have been up up in up in that area the most of the season, haven't they? So I think they'll have one last little push in them to really have a go at it, definitely. Mm,
0: absolutely. Who are you picking, Tom? Um, I don't know. I mean, first of all, <laughs> it depends on when the game is, doesn't it? Because at the moment, it sounds like Barks County are turning up on Wednesday and Langley are turning up on Thursday. That may yeah. well have been resolved by the time that this is... Um, this is this podcast goes out. Who knows? I, I can only imagine that that whoever turns up on Wednesday scores loads of goals, and then we put that together with La- with with Langley who turn up on Thursday and score loads of goals, and see what happens. We Twitter <laughs> vote. I don't know what the best way of deciding this semi final would be. Um, you asked me who I think will win. Um, I don't know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, this division uh, we had. Um the Barks County joint managers on the other week and they were mentioning about how anyone in the division can beat anyone really. And uh, I mean, the two teams played each other just a few days ago and it, the the game finished three all. Um, and so, you know, they're very evenly well matched sides uh, and uh, whoever, whoever turns up on the day really is just whether Barks County, how Barks County sort of react to not getting the title and whether Langley have got sort of that extra boost, as you mentioned, Abby, from actually uh, getting into the playoffs when towards the end of the season, it perhaps looked like that that might've been slipping away from them. Maybe that gives them that extra push. Uh, But either way, we'll have a Berkshire side represented in the final, which will be played on Monday. Um, London Samurai Rovers and Rainers Lane being the other two semi-finalists. And just before we get off them, London Samurai Rovers, they've got a player called Morrison Hashi, uh, who I mentioned in our WhatsApp group before. He's, uh, he's finished the season with 44 appearances and 75 goals. So uh, that's pretty incredible for uh, uh, someone at that level. I'm, I'm not sure there'll be anyone in the country with a better uh, average than that, but 75 goals in 44 games across all competitions. So uh, one to look out for, uh, either in the semi or the final there. Pretty incredible stuff.
2: I think everyone's been raving about Matty Longstaff at Knox County, haven't
1: they? But I think that throws him
2: out of the water, doesn't it?
1: (laughs) Yeah, quite significantly, I think. Yeah, Yeah, fair. Very good indeed. Right, we'll move on and we're moving on to a League Cup win, the SRWFL League Cup win, which uh, Ascot achieved this past weekend.
2: Yeah, Uh, Abby.
1: On Sunday, yes, indeed. Uh, talk us through that. Uh, congratulations as well. And
2: talk us <laughs> I'm not sure I can stake a claim in that congratulations <laughs> at all. I am, after all, only the Twitter lady. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no. Do you know what? It was a fantastic game as well. Proper toe to toe stuff. And it really could have gone either way. So a credit to Eastleigh, um, who beat us actually earlier in the season as well. It's been between the like between the two teams it was a, a really exciting final so um both kind of pretty much smoked their way to the final to be honest um so yeah a really a really great day um it was down at Scowls Lane um so yeah um a, a Sunday afternoon um the weather was nice as well that always makes a difference to a cup final doesn't it mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah it was a really fantastic game um Nil nil at half-time as well. So, like I said, could have could have gone either way, really could have done. Um, but then Nicole Brown did Nicole Brown things and uh, scored an absolute screamer of a goal. And uh, then Hannah Bennett did Hannah Bennett things and scored from a free kick. So, uh, we couldn't really ask for much more from the sides, to be honest. Um, it was one of those nervy 1-0s for a very, very long time. And then I think it was, I can't even remember, maybe 111th minute or something, Um uh, Hannah took a free kick and, and scored it um, I will say however that that extra 111 minutes sounds ridiculous that's World Cup extra time mm-hmm. that, um, that is due to the fact that our captain Sarah De Verne came off injured and actually subsequently she has broken her foot because of that yeah. Um, so yeah Uh sending best wishes to Sarah for that but um yeah all well, that extra time meant that we uh secured secured the win definitely and uh yeah one two nil um yeah like I said a really fantastic day and Eastleigh really put in a performance as well so um it should be exciting to play them again next season actually when uh We uh, hopefully go for the Southern Region title, having uh, come runners-up this year. So, yeah, just a really great day out in general and really super proud of them. Um, Like I said in our little group chat beforehand, nine years in the making. It's been a little Mm -hmm. while. There some silverware. Um, So, a a massive credit to uh, Daryl Evans, manager and uh, player coach Alex Todd, who works crazy numbers of hours to uh, coach the girls. So, yeah, just... Big props to her. And there's I'm looking at, uh, you should look out on socials this week because I've got a few photos to put out of the last time they lifted the cup and there's a few great memories in there. So
1: yeah, a great day. Fantastic stuff. And we should also mention the uh, Ascot United uh, Reserves still in a pretty good title race in the Thames Valley Counties Women's Football League Division 1. Uh, one point off leaders' New Bradwell St Peter's ladies, um, but they New Bradwell have played all their games and Ascot still have two to go, uh, but there's still um, a couple of teams behind them, Tarlers Panthers women and Wargrave women who are uh, chasing them down. So a pretty good title race in store there.
2: Yeah, I think the only games left to play are the top four. So mm-hmm. um, that is incredibly exciting. And I think, yeah, there's opportunities for people to... Nick points all over the place, really. So I think it genuinely is going to go down to the wire with that one. Um, I mean, a top three finish for Berkshire sides would be pretty pretty decent, wouldn't it? Obviously, I'd like yeah. it to be Scott. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um But yeah, just a real chance for anybody to, to be in with a, a chance of winning that one. Um, it's a real credit, I think, to the way that women's football has developed in the last few years, the fact that we are seeing... Uh, games go down to the the final moments I think um, there's there's obviously always going to be some big scores occasionally especially if you have top and bottom teams play but actually I think if you look across the whole division in general as well generally speaking there's not been more than say four goals scored so I think actually that's a testament to how competitive uh, the Thames Valley has become in the last few years as well that we're not seeing huge crazy kind of World Cup winners versus I don't know San Marino scores. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's a really exciting time, and yeah, best of luck to Ascot, Tilehurst, and Wargrave, who are all still still in it. Um, hopefully, we bump New New Bradwell down the down the table. So um, yeah,
1: yeah, and uh, just to sort of round out the women's uh, Thames Valley Counties Women's Football League. Um title chase chat uh if we go down to division three south there's also uh, another uh, pretty hot title uh, competition there between eversley and california women reserves and lakespur rovers ladies eversley and california uh, currently top on 47 points lakespur rovers one point behind but with a game in hand but the two sides do have to play each other before the end of the season so uh it, it's all hotting up there as well
2: yeah, absolutely. I think Eversea and California as well, their reserve side are fairly new in the last couple of seasons or so. So um, I think that's testament to the growth of the club as well, that the fact that their reserves are doing so well. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I know they're obviously out of the race at this point, but actually Shinfield Rangers as well in third um, they're, they're guaranteed their third spot, I think, have, looking at the table. Um, again, Absolutely. a team that's only been around for two seasons. So, like I said, in terms of di- Division One, I think it's just a testament to the growth of women's football in the last few years that um, teams are successfully making their way up the tables and uh, getting some good results. So, yeah, it should be an exciting one. And, yeah, fingers crossed, obviously do another Berkshire team at the top of the table. would be great.
1: Absolutely. Good stuff indeed. Well, uh, before we go into the break, we've got um, the pretty much, well, one of the biggest games over the weekend happened down at Bottom Meadow on uh, Monday. It was the Southern League Premier Division South playoff final between Bracknell Town and Truro. And it's Truro City, isn't it? And uh, uh, the two sides uh, have played each other twice before. Bracknell losing both... Um, league games this season and unfortunately uh they were defeated at home 3-2 with a goal in the 94th minute a painful very painful way to end up losing uh because obviously truer now progress into the national league south uh pretty tough
0: one for Bracknell that Tom yeah it really was I mean we've you know we've all been we've all been there haven't we last minute winners are not mm. um are not the sort of the 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 thing you want to go, you want to end the season on. Yeah. Um, I know uh, I'm in the I'm in the Bracknell Town Supporters Club. Um... Uh, facebook group and it's it's been pretty despondent um you know they they're obviously all disappointed and um, they've had a hell of a season though mm. um I, it is one of those where i guess at the start of the season you know it's one of those sort of clichés isn't it at the start of the season if you'd have offered them all of this they probably would have taken it um but it's it's just you know i, I spoke to Carl with us last week on the podcast and uh, it's just it's just you know you've got you've got a feel for them um i, I noticed uh, uh one of our one of our regular listeners ben martin tweeted he posted uh on facebook keep going flashbacks to their goal this is a counseling thread please feel free to your <laughs> feel feelings and there's uh, there's the there's the meme of steve carell in the office just shouting no please god no yeah uh, it's you know they, they were they were they were so so close you know obviously they were behind twice they came back twice it just it, as far as it, from what I can see watch the highlights, you know, Bracknell, Bracknell were, were well in the game, that you know, they they had chances. Ben Harris had a chance at the end. Um and it just it's just one of those things. But but it's it's fine margins, isn't it? And at one point we were thinking that Bracknell maybe could have won the league and then mm-hmm. they are and, and then here we are, playoff final and it's just it's come down to it. It's not, you know, Bracknell lost a playoff final at uh, step, uh, step four a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, to Hayes and Yedding. Uh Was it? I no. Think so, yeah. No. 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 It was Cheshunt, I think. Oh, okay. Well, Hayes uh, and Yeding uh, won the league then that year, did they? Yes, they did. I think they lost the playoff final ah. to Cheshunt, and it just you know it's 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 devastating. But the club have to bounce back now, Um for 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 Carl Withers and Jamie McClurg, it's a it's a it's a moment that that will help them grow. Um, I did on our on our Twitter thread. I did I did at one point just shout out, get Clergy on. Um, no no stranger to scoring a late playoff final winner. Um, obviously you know if you, you you feel for them. They will have to dust themselves off and, and go again. Now I I wonder whether they will prioritise league title uh, over everything else next season. Um. Yeah go all out to to achieve that and win the league although there will be some stiff competition in that division there are some, some there will be some big clubs around as well um fighting fighting for that title um, yeah I mean they had such an incredible run since yeah. uh Withers and McLeod
1: came in because uh, you know they were uh, sort of in the bottom half uh sort of mid-table bottom half side and then Withers and McClure came in and they they you know they've they since that point they've been significantly the best side in the league. Um yeah. uh and just missing out on the title by three points in the end. Uh it's it's still a pretty incredible season and that's before we talk about the cup runs and you know the game against Ipswich and victories yeah. against side and step two uh to get to there to get to that point and to get to uh, to progress in other cup competitions, so you know they're, they've still got the um, Bucks and Bucks Cup final to play as well, of course, um, next week. So you know their season is—I uh, said their season's over. It's, um, their season at Bottom uh, Meadows over. It's not quite uh, complete yet, but uh, yeah, they've had an incredible season. I kind of hope they, obviously from a Berkshire side, they're playing Marlow in the final. I want yeah. uh, Bracknell to win, but uh, uh, it, it would be. They deserve something uh, out of this season, and I know second place in the in the Southern League Premier Division South, the first after getting promoted last season, is an incredible achievement in itself. But to get some silverware to sort of say, yeah, "Yeah, this is you know this is we got this from this season, it was a great season, would be
0: really fitting, I think. I'm I'm chuckling. I love the County Cup. I think the, yeah. I think the way that the County Cup has been been done where there's the opportunity to play professional clubs, albeit usually they're they're youngsters. Um mm-hmm. but the opportunity to do that is a brilliant thing. But I just you know, I and I'm chuckling. I'm just purely chuckling because it's gonna be very much like you know, they're gonna have to pick themselves up for that. Um because it, it won't have been a priority. At the you know when they when they were playing all of their games, it won't it certainly won't have been a priority, and I'm sure they barely even thought about it in the build-up to the playoff final at the weekend. So it would be interesting to see how they are doing And Marlow, of course, lost in their playoffs as well. So both mm. sides will be feeling a bit sorry for themselves and eager to uh, to, to get something out of it. Um, you know, there we go. Could be a good game down at the racecourse ground. Good stuff indeed. Okay, oh sorry, go on then, Tom. It just occurred to me. You just said the racecourse ground, and I have seen a few people. So why, why all of these other counties play them at the professional grounds? Well, that you know that's fine. But uh, and it, a, a, a way more than half-empty professional ground versus a packed non-league ground. My, I know where my preference is. The players may think differently, but you know the the box and box county final has hardly ever been played at the at stadium i think once in the last 5 years um, i don't think it's even that i think the last time it was
2: played was like in the 80s at elm park no no
0: there was a, a few years ago it was um, oh, Bracknell beat this is Oh, be good. i can't remember now maybe you're i'm listening, even ma- i might even be making that up you're listening yeah i, no, I don't think it has
1: been listening to a man misremember a fact <laughs> <laughs> but, I, honestly, i uh, certain the Park last Park
2: time a Bucks and Bucks final was played at
0: Reading or anything like that was in the 80s, at, uh, when it was at Elm Park, I'm sure. Maybe. I, I, we, we, anyway, we'll cut, I'm sure someone will point this out later when they're listening to it. But <laughs> it's hardly ever been played there. I w- the, as I say, the players may think differently. I think I would, if I was playing, I would prefer to play in front of a packed, tightly packed crowd at a smaller ground than a half-empty, not even half-empty, like 90% empty professional stadium. That's just how I would do it. And I think that's right. Well,
1: it's due to be a great um, occasion. Whatever happens, it's going to be played at Ascot Racecourse Ground on Tuesday, the 9th of May. So next Tuesday, get your tickets and get down there and give Bracknell the support and cheer them on for the Cup. Good stuff. Right, well, we're going to have a break now. Uh, where Tom's going to uh, give us some adverts, and uh, we'll be you can listen to us talk about some of the teams that perhaps didn't have quite as good a season uh, after after these messages.
0: Football in Berkshire's podcast is sponsored by TicketPass. TicketPass provides an ethical alternative to a ticketing industry that often profits from greed. Our platform is an all-in-one solution for creating events, buying and selling tickets, live streaming, and keeping events in a safe space. To find out more, to buy tickets, to sign up to the service, head to ticketpass. Berkshire Football Stories is sponsored by The Curious Academy, a skills hub running a sales academy, digital skills boot camps, and data analytics training in Reading. To find out more, head to thecuriousacademy.co.uk.
1: Brilliant. And before we get stuck into part two, Tom, why don't you talk us through another event that's
0: happening in Berkshire, uh, our own awards ceremony. Oh, good shout. Um, Yes, the Berkshire Football Awards are on the 21st of June at Double Barrelled Brewery. tickets for that will be on sale uh, a month in advance after we have launched after we've put out the shortlist nominations are now open you can go to the website to nominate a volunteer a player uh, a match day experience an image a uh, loads of stuff absolutely loads of stuff it's all there a manager i can't think you know, I can't Please. think of a single manager that has done a, a single good thing this year. So someone jump on and nominate some managers. Um So, yeah, uh, there, there's loads there. Uh, if you go to footballinbox.co.uk, there is a little button at the top of the website that says 2023 awards open. And you can find out more by clicking that button. Yeah, and get nominating so we can have lots of... Um...
1: People can get the credit they deserve for what a, a great season we've had in Berkshire. Good stuff indeed. Okay, so pushing on into part two and we begin with uh, what's starting to look like a bit of a tricky situation for Reading Women, Abby. Uh, <laughs> they are currently at the foot of the Women's Super League table. Uh, one point for the last five games um, and two points behind uh, Brighton Hove Album and Leicester. So Easy, plenty of uh, plenty of time <laughs> to make up that gap at the moment. But well, I suppose there's only three games left, so it's starting to get a little bit nervy. How are you feeling? Honestly, thank God for Ascot. <laughs>
2: reading right now is a shambles. <laughs> yeah. Um, how am I feeling? I, I I'm not even sure I've got a word for it right now. Yeah.
1: Take us through the weekend. How are you feeling with Leicester won 4-0 against uh, Liverpool to leapfrog Reading and put them down into the bottom half of the table?
2: Oh, terrified, I think is the word. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, possibly. Um, actually, do you know what? I wasn't entirely surprised. So I think I've said it before and I've had this conversation with a few people, is that Leicester have done the same thing they did last season where they sort of plod along for the season and then kind of March, April comes and they go, oh, should we play some football now? And then just pull like a bunch of people out from somewhere and just, yeah, just suddenly go on this mad streak of winning. And I just think, oh, OK. And I think we've got away with that. The last last season, we, it was fine because we, we have Birmingham City to sort us out. But now, yeah, <laughs> they're not there anymore. And so now it's it's us.
1: So, yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> slightly lovely. But then uh, Reading, of course, playing Man City at the weekend got a first minute goal. <laughs> he's
2: at that point. <laughs> I uh, again, so I was talking to Ben Wait um, as we regularly do out on a Reading match day, um, and we assumed it was going to be a bloodbath, maybe maybe a five, six, seven nil. And then yeah, so of, I, at the time as well, I was at at ascot um, or with ascot rather um watching our our game go ahead and yeah they just just happened to glance at my phone one minute in and we're one new up i thought i was having some sort of fever dream uh, <laughs> <laughs> but then i was like well i mean we'll hang on to that for now and we seemed to do all right and then yeah the onslaught happened and the, the dream was shattered
1: <laughs> yeah. so yes. yeah so- uh, Reading with a game, home game against uh, Aston Villa this weekend, uh, followed by fixtures against uh, Tottenham away. A big game that, with Tottenham only three points ahead of Reading and uh, finishing on the final day of the season at home to Chelsea. Um, you probably think the next two games are pretty crucial for Reading. Um, they've got to start picking up points there. You don't want to go be relying on playing, getting points off Chelsea on the final day of the season.
2: Yeah, and I'm really struggling to see if, like, where we will get points, if I'm honest. Villa are absolutely stalling their season, yeah. they're up there in fifth. Um, they've got that dali Daily duo that are absolutely on fire right now. Um, so I'd be shocked if we got points at Villa. Spurs are having a bizarre season, they're very up and down. But I see, considering we, we couldn't take points off, off Leicester or Brighton, the thought of Getting points at Spurs makes me like the yeah, um, d- don't see that happening at all. So genuinely, I, I mean, I hate to be this pessimistic. No, but you I, don't. I no, you don't. I really do. Um, I can't see anything coming from elsewhere. To be honest, um, it will be a miracle. Genuinely, um, and I think big things need to happen in the summer. Really, they do. Um, I think I've been a bit reluctant to say it kind of out loud in in the last couple of seasons, but I do think Kelly Chambers needs to go at this point. I think she probably should have gone two, three seasons ago and now, yeah, I just... It, we need something fresh, something new, something different, um, because we just seem to be on a downward spiral. And I think the issue is, is that if we, well, if when we do end up in the championship, I don't see us coming back up with the current setup at, that we have at Reading and how things are going currently. So, yeah, I think we just need something fresh to happen there. Um, <clears throat> interestingly as well, um, the Supporters Trust at Reading held a... Uh, evening at Blue Collar last week um with Mark Bowen the director of football and he mentioned that our budget is four times any other championship side um I don't know what that the the figure is for it to be four times that but yeah just I'm just wondering what that that money is doing or where that is going and the other issue is that with the men looking like they're getting relegated as well that's likely to have a knock-on effect on the women as well so um yeah, we're in a bit of a sorry state of affairs right now. <laughs> I don't want to sound this negative either, but I'm struggling to find positives from any area, if I'm honest.
1: Hmm. Yeah, not the best times at Reading, but uh yeah, there's still a couple of games left to go or three games left to go. And uh, the point's still to be played for. So starting yeah. this weekend, you've got to hope that maybe Villa have taken their eye off the ball a little bit, considering they're probably... They're a bit too far away from Europe, and there's, there's absolutely no danger of them getting drawn into a relegation fight. They, like you say, they're at a cracking season. So, uh, so maybe maybe a mid-table side is what you need. But uh, we shall see. We'll talk again uh, <laughs> next
0: week, and hopefully, you're a little bit more optimistic. Mm,
2: we'll see. I did just watch the uh,
0: just watch the uh, the goals, the, the trolls guard goal. was brilliant.
2: Mm. That's it's that's the issue though yeah we can score some great goals but then i don't know just not that's it like we'll have one one two good goals and then actually it all gets undone because that's exactly what happened against everton as well so yeah it's just we don't like pe- we have to be people in the team who can score
0: good goals but just not enough of them mm. i think like not that this would change the way that the team performs but there's a there's a severe lack of information about the club how the club works, how everything, you know, th- there is, there's, there's nothing like how, when's Deanne Rose back? Yeah. Who knows? They were, there were pictures of her, you know, training. When, when she back? There, there's, there, there is a complete, there are, there are non, there are non league teams who, who do a better job of keeping their fans informed. And I'm, that's not, I'm not, I'm not trying to be over critical of, of the guy that, that runs the, the, the Twitter because he's, he's one person but overall and obviously if there's one person you know full well Abby there's only so much you can do but for a professional team there doesn't seem to be enough information out yeah about about the the club the team you know where's the you know where's the the injury update slough town do an amazing job of telling you what the squad is for the weekend of what the you know the injuries of keeping everything up to date and and that's kind of just from the manager and or all the, all the you know whoever those are, it just there doesn't feel like there's enough. If you want to build a fan base, you've got to take people with you, and if, they don't, if there's no way of finding out about what's going on at the club, then then it's never going to happen.
2: Yeah, I think it's a little bit of paper in the cracks right now, to be honest, because I keep seeing lots of things about, oh, we've had a record-breaking season of fans attending and things like that. And it's like, okay, great, but we haven't got a striker that can score more than five goals. So, (laughs)
0: yeah. But that's been a long-term problem as well, hasn't it? Yeah.
2: Which is what makes me wonder where this four times every other championship side money, like, okay.
0: That's fine when they're in the championship, but that's not obviously competing in the WSL.
2: I think it will be interesting to see how Bristol Fair coming back up from the championship, yes. having spent a couple of seasons down there. Yeah, see how they get on and things like that. So yeah, it will be uh, a little long-term watch of how
1: things go with that. If Reading do end up going down, indeed, indeed. Well, like we say, one well, perhaps one side they can draw a little bit of um, hope from would be Maidenhead United, who uh, managed to. Uh, retain their status in the National League on the last day of the season, despite, it has to be said, quite a heavy defeat away at Gateshead. Um, You mentioned a few weeks ago, Tom, that uh, Maidenhead just always seems to survive. But you've also mentioned more recently, perhaps you're a little bit worried about them. Um, How do you think this season has gone in general for Maidenhead? Because at at, at the start, they've got to be thinking the the Maidenhead, Priority is survival. They've achieved that, but uh, yeah, it's it's doesn't leave
0: too much to sort of get your teeth into, if you know what I mean. I saw um, I saw Josh Brown, our, our mate from the Maidenhead advertiser. It might have been Dan Darlington. I can't remember. I, either one of those two are worth a follow on Twitter, certainly for your Maidenhead news. Um, but I saw both of them sort of say, or certainly whichever one it was, doesn't matter. Um, one of them said that Dev Dev's aim was to just get over the line, whatever mm-hmm. the, however that is. They've got over the line. Just there was a moment on uh on Saturday, sorry, it was a bank holiday weekend, so I'm trying to remember what days the games were yeah. where it looked like it was all going in the wrong direction. It needed a needed a big swing of goals and Gateshead scoring three, uh certainly certainly edged towards an absolute final day meltdown. Yeah. Fortunately they they survived. Um but constantly survived. like obviously that's great, they had they had some brilliant results this season they had some uh, incredible they had some incredible moments they 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 had some good runs they you know the, the wins against the teams uh, and the points against the teams in the top half of the table teams they wouldn't expect to beat devon shearing sides as we like to say um, great brilliant but what does all that mean in the end and i think that you know they're, they're a club that get they get they Ooh. get a few thousand through the gate um Certainly, you know certainly four figures on a regular basis. How how does that keep going? How do they survive next year? Because I don't know. And, and how do they keep the interest? from From those people who are interested in the club. They're a team, that they're a club that do very well at keeping people informed um, as far as I can see. They've got an email, a regular newsletter that goes out. They've got, you know, Twitter updates. They've got, you know, they've got goals. They've got video of everything going out. You know, they do very well in keeping people informed. Um, they've got some, you know, they've got some good places around the club. They've got some good venues in the town to go to. So, you know, they do a really good job of, of keeping people interested but, but on the pitch that only goes so far, I think. And how does how does that how do Maidenhead United show ambition? Well, obviously they show it by moving to to a new ground, but that may or may not be a little way off yet. Um, I, I don't know what the next step for them is because they they, I mean, realistically, a really good FA Trophy run would be would be quite handy. Um, it's a shame that they didn't push on on this season because there will be teams in the FA Trophy that will take their eye off it because they're focusing on the league. Could Maidenhead make the most of that and and perhaps push all the way to Wembley? Why not? They're in the top division of non-league football. There's no reason they couldn't get to Wembley. Um, I I don't know. I'm not really sure what the future holds for Maidenhead United. They obviously don't want to go down. That's yeah. that. That would not be. That that would be. I, I don't suppose it would be catastrophic, but it's not great for a team that, that wants. I, th- I think they have ambitions of going full time. Um, how and when that happens, I don't know. But they they and and whether Dev can keep pulling rabbits out the hat. Talking to talking to Pat Chambers, the Hungerford chairman, this week for a podcast that's going out on Friday. Um, he said, you know, you you can. You keep each summer. You keep bringing players in. You keep bringing players in, looking for that one or two that are going to shine for you and keep you in the division. and And he said, you know, and it didn't happen for us this summer. Well, sorry, it didn't happen for us this season. Well, uh, you've got to think at some point those rabbits are not going to come out of the hat, and and maybe maybe that's not going to be enough. And 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 what then?
1: Yeah, I mean we have got to obviously uh, put that into the context of uh, Maidenhead being one of three mm. non-professional sides in the division. So, I mean, obviously their their goal is going to be to stay up each year. And uh, interestingly, all three sides did stay up uh, from the the. Yeah. Uh, it was um, some I've... of the bigger boys, should we say, that uh, the the more professional teams that went down. But you it's, know, it's got to... one of
0: those. Sorry, Robin, carry
1: on. Yeah, no, just just going to say that you know you look at, at when teams like. Scunthorpe and Yeovil are going down and teams with sort of championship experience, let alone you know, mm. football league experience, then does that mean that obviously that uh, this is a great achievement to finish above those, but um yeah. It's like, will are you relying on clubs being sort of basket cases when they come down yep. from the football league? You know, uh, to stay <laughs> in the division. But uh, yeah, uh, it's it's tough for Maiden because they are the lowest budgeted side in the league. Pretty much, they are uh, one of the smallest teams of the division, and so a good season
0: is staying up. And how many yes. good seasons do you have in a row? You know, so that's it, isn't it? I think. Uh, the... The National right. League, the National League, because of where it is and the mm. calamity of falling out of the football league, you do end up with a basket case or two a season, mm. uh, and and essentially there were only two relegation spots in the National League this season because Yeovil looked like they're going to go into the administration and Scunthorpe were absolutely dire. The fact that neither of those finished bottom mm. um, is is you know and and Maidstone United. Did doesn't I don't think that reflects on Maitland United at all. But how those two other sides didn't finish in in the bottom two, I I don't know. There so 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 the, there is that I suppose there is always a guaranteed relegation space almost for a complete basket case of a side that's fallen out of the football league. So it's yeah. not quite as it, it it's maybe not quite as difficult to stay up as as the National League South in some respects. Maybe National, yeah. No team got below forty points in the National League South. And that's yeah, ridiculous.
1: That is, um, yeah. I, I suppose you're right there. I mean, moving if we uh, sort of say, well done, I guess, to make <laughs> yes. for staying up. It's been a quite pessimistic check, but if you uh, you, as you've mentioned, the National League South. We move on to Hungerford, who obviously got relegated from their uh, from that division. Uh, we'll be going down to Step Three next season, and as you mentioned. Uh, Talking to Peter Chambers, that um, it's it's just their their signings didn't click. They seemed to be in a lot of games all the way through the season and um, just missing a goal scorer. And then when they got a goal scorer, or when they got a few, they kept getting injured. And so uh, yeah. towards the second half of the season, it was it was just an unlucky season for uh, Hungerford. But again, I mean, if they're going to be one of the smallest teams in uh, Step Two. Um, uh, their ambition was essentially to stay up each season. How many seasons do you have a good season where you know you stay up? and unfortunately for Hungerford, they had uh, didn't have a good season this year and have ended up going down. so yeah, anything uh, anything to mention on Hungerford? Um, no.
0: A lot of this will be covered in the podcast on Friday. It's a, it's a good one. It's about a half hour with with Pat, and um, it's it's really good. You know, he said, you know, we just we just they they ended up towards the end of the season through a little bit of money they'd made from the trophy at it to try and do it, and you know, it didn't it didn't come off. Injuries, a couple of other other things, it just you know just didn't come off for them. But listen out for that podcast on Friday because that's a good. One. Good stuff
1: indeed. And uh, to round out, our, I guess, our relegation chat, um, uh, Windsor getting relegated from step five from the combined counties Premier Division North. Um, yeah, we'll be playing step six football next season. Despite winning their last two games, um, other tides picked up points as well. And in fact, Windsor have actually had a points deduction. Um, Added to their total, meaning they finished uh, second bottom on twenty nine points from their thirty eight games, um, five points from safety in the end. Uh, it's a real shame for Windsor, isn't it? Um, uh, Abby, what do you make of their situation over there?
2: Yeah, I think so. It's like that. That table's been like equally as competitive at both ends, hasn't it? Really. Mm-hmm. So the the promotion race has been just as uh scintillating as the the relegation race was really and it, it looked like it really could be any of the sort of bottom four bottom five um but yeah Windsor I think I said it a few I've said it a few times over the season that Windsor have just been a kind of quite disjointed really um they've picked up points in places maybe they couldn't they shouldn't have picked up points and then lost in places where equally they probably shouldn't have lost um and not picked up those points in the right places, really. So, um, and I think we, we talked about with Bob as well, the fact that there's been quite a few things off the pitch as well in terms of um, owners and things like that has potentially had an effect on on the players and their, their pitch performance as well, that sort of uncertainty. So, um, yeah, it's never nice to obviously see a, a fellow Barclays side go down. Um but maybe, maybe they need a sort of a rebuild season down at step six to, to come back up again, possibly. Um, yeah.
1: yeah, hopefully that's the way it works out and they can, you know, put right some of the issues that have been plaguing them for a couple of years now, really. Um, and, you know, get the club all pulling in the same direction because uh, there's potential there, obviously with how uh, Windsor and Eton performed uh, uh, previously. And, you know, Windsor not so long ago have had good runs in the FA Vars. Um, you know,
0: if they get it right, there's a good potential there, Tom. Yeah, there is. Um, I think it depends on how the ownership goes over the summer. I can't, net it, like, you know, I don't have any information on on this particularly, but I can't see it being anything other than a long drawn out process. And I don't, mm. I, I hope it isn't because a long drawn out process benefits absolutely nobody. Yeah. Um, I, I've, I have spoken to Mick, uh, Mick Woodham, the manager. Um, I'll, that's all I can really say. Um, I, I, I can't see it being a quick quickly resolved. It does it for the sake of the football club it needs to be whatever's going on, it needs to be sorted out really quickly because they need a clear run at the summer to build. Uh, because there is absolutely no way that that Windsor should be going into step foot, six football without being the title favorites absolutely. So we
1: wait to see the start of the season where they end up and how they can compete at Step Six. Well, yeah, one to keep an eye on. Um we're rounding out our sort of uh chat from the weekend. Uh like we're gonna have to talk about something uh slightly unusual. Ascot having things that not going quite their way at the weekend. Um they with the semi final of the Cherry Red Records Premier Challenge Cup, the League Cup for the um uh the combined counties and uh a three all draw at the racecourse ground with north greenford united but unfortunately losing uh 4-2 on penalties uh so no trouble this season um for us scott obviously still being pretty successful whichever way you it. <laughs> <laughs> can't really can't really deny that but uh but yeah how how did the game go abby
2: uh, do you know what? It was it was a really great game and like fitting of a semi-final again, definitely super, super competitive. Um I, I d- I say that. We 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 have gone up 2-0 in inside 20 minutes. Um so really it should have been kind of plain sailing from there, to be honest. Um but yeah, I guess um teams come to Ascot hoping to get points and hoping to win things, don't they? So I think um, North Greenford just maybe in the final... What? I think what you're now? confusing
0: Ascot United with Ascot Racecourse. <laughs> okay.
2: Um, you throw me off there, so I <laughs> not what I'm saying now. <laughs> um
1: no, I genuinely North
2: have. You've completely thrown me off there. What was I saying? Uh, yeah, so North I North think, Brooklyn, yeah, yeah North Brees would just um, pulled it back with three goals. Um, and then, funnily enough, actually, I did have a conversation earlier in the week with Louis um, about his goal gift and things like that. And He was like, I'm scoring on Saturday. And he did a great header as well um, mm-hmm. to, to send it to penalties. Um, we're no stranger to penalties, obviously, <laughs> this mm-hmm. season. But um, yeah, just was not was not our day for it. Um, I never ever want to make excuses for them, but I think a little bit of it was the the team are a bit tired. <laughs> it's been a bit busy this season, so um, yeah, I think it was a little little bit the last few sort of moments and so we're we're a bit like we we did look a bit tired, but um, I mean, there's so much positivity around the rest of the team and the club in general, actually, that I don't yeah. think it's necessarily a bad thing to have have a week off before uh, before the Vars final um, yeah, exactly. and not be in another final. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. having I mean, what is it? Um, three weeks between that semi-final and your next game uh, at Wembley. So, yeah, hopefully some sort of recuperation can take place in, in that period and uh, Ascot can hit the Wembley final in the FA Vars fit and, uh, you know, at a hundred percent. Yeah. Sorry, Tom. You look like you're about to say something there. I'll cut you off. Oh, I was
0: just, uh, I was just going to. I'm just reminded of uh, something I said to uh, your chairman last on last week's podcast, Abby. Um I think Thatcham had three cup finals in the lead up to the Vars. Uh, they had the Hellenic League Cup final. I think they had the uh, Bucks and Bucks Cup final, and then the FA Vars final. They lost the first two. <laughs> so. There you go. If you're looking for a good omen.
1: <laughs> very good. And on the other side of the draw, um, another Berkshire side going out, Hollyport, who've actually, you know, had a very good season, get to the semi-final, um, and um, uh, being knocked out by uh, Flackwell Heath, a very strong side. She never uh, lose. Yeah, never lose. Uh, but um, yeah, Hollyport in the end, uh, twelve points above the relegation places. So you know, a pretty, a pretty good return for them and. Unfortunately, just couldn't get over the line in the FA Cup. Uh, sorry, the FA Cup, the uh, the League Cup uh, semi final. Uh, so, no Berkshire representative in in that trophy in the final this season. Unfortunately, maybe next year for us. Right, uh, just before we go, we should probably just have a look at the any fixtures this weekend. We won't do um, a full pick because uh, there, there's so few games now. Um, uh, Abby, maybe pick out a, a couple of the women's games because there are there are a handful of women's games left on the Sunday, um, so and some pretty you know pretty uh, big games in terms of uh, title contention.
2: Yeah, I think I probably have to go for Ascot versus Wargrave, don't I? Really, mm-hmm. um, it's a bit of a. T- it, it, I mean, we talked about how competitive it was. Um, Wargrave have got a little bit of a hill to climb because they are six points behind Ascot but um, they have still got three games to play so they'll be looking to pick up points everywhere possible so um, yeah I think actually when you look at um, kind of win draw lose stats as well there's, there's very little between the teams as well so it's very possible that either side could take points there. Um it'll be a nil-nil draw now. I've said that, won't it? <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, I think that should be a real thriller of a game, definitely.
1: Very
0: good indeed. Tom, is there any fixtures this weekend you want to draw attention to? Um I mean I think the crucial one is is reading the Aston Villa, isn't it, on Sunday? Um mm-hmm. that's the that's the big one. Um you've also got uh a lovely Monday night four o'clock i'm not sure if that's i'm not sure how right oh no it's bank holiday isn't it there we go you've got the um you've got the uh, uh the the i want to say the the west berkshire derby reading at ymca at home to burfield um the padworth versus burfield derby it's uh that'll be that'll be quite a good one I, i'm not sure of the state of the thames valley premier league at the moment i know yateley have obviously won it i'm not sure what anybody's playing for but that would be quite a quite a nice game to go to the cauldron down at padworth village hall is a is a is a smashing little place to go um there's nothing around it so <laughs> you're, you're a captive audience um but yeah it's a it's a it's a decent little place to go and watch a football match lovely stuff
1: indeed and for these fixtures and anything else get on over to www.footballinbarkshire.co.uk and the fixtures results page and all your Berkshire fixtures um will be there and you can pick out the games remaining for the end of the season you still enough to go to a game every night if you want to but uh but uh yeah they're getting few and far between now so get over and uh, check the check the fixtures before traveling good stuff indeed right is there any other business before we wrap up
2: um only go and buy tickets for Wembley. they're still on sale Go and buy you remember to put that
1: in the actual podcast this time. That's good. Yes. Uh, yeah, still hanging yeah. on about that <laughs> By <Blimey>. me. <So, Pascot laughs> tickets for Wembley, uh, non finals, um, non league finals day on Sunday, the 21st, 21st of May. Uh, at Wembley. Obviously, your ticket will get you into the Ascot versus Newport Pagnell FA Vars final, but it also gets you into the FA Trophy final between Gateshead and Halifax. So, oh, two big tickets one. for the price of one. And, yeah, get down there. Supporting Ascot, and uh, you can um, go to Ascot and All the ticket information is there. You can sit with all the Ascot fans. So you've sold quite a few already, haven't you? Two and a half thousand? Yeah, about that.
2: I think we're approaching three, actually. Okay.
1: Very good indeed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there's going to be a good crowd there. So uh, it'd be great to be part of it. So get on down to uh, the Ascot uh, Twitter page and social media and website for information on how to get your tickets. Good stuff. Nothing else? No?
0: No. Two podcasts this week. Enjoy. That's enough.
1: Great. Two podcasts this week, so watch out for the second. But uh, we'll wrap it up there and just say you can fo- uh, follow us. As we mentioned, you've got the website, uk or you can follow us on all the social media channels. Just look for Football in Berkshire and we'll come up on pretty much any of them. So uh, get on down for all our content there. And we'll just say thank you very much for listening. It's, uh, I've been your host, Rob Davis. I've been joined by Tom Canning. Hello. And Abby Tyshurst, see ya, <laughs> and we will uh, speak to you again next time. <laughs> bye bye,
0: bye. This episode of Berkshire Football Stories was hosted by Rob Davis and featured Abby Tyshurst and Tom Canning. It was produced by Tom Canning. Our theme music is called Space Camp and is from the album Everyday Adventures by Reading ukulele band Rocket Kings, who you can find on Spotify and all good music outlets. (coughs) Find Football in Berkshire on Twitter, Facebook and at footballinberkshire.co.uk. all in berkshire's podcast is sponsored by ticket pass. ticket pass provides an ethical alternative to a ticketing industry that often profits from greed our platform is an all-in-one solution for creating events buying and selling tickets live streaming and keeping events in a safe space to find out more to buy tickets to sign up to the service head to ticketpass.org Berkshire Football Stories is sponsored by The Curious Academy, a skills hub running the Sales Academy, digital skills boot camps, and data analytics training in Reading. To find out more, head to thecuriousacademy.co.uk.